Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society Podcast. Welcome to the Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society, a podcast dedicated to suspense, crime, and horror stories from the golden age of radio. I'm Eric. I'm Tim. And I'm Joshua. We love mysterious old-time radio stories. But do they stand the test of time? That's what we're here to find out. We continue catching up on listener recommendations with another visit to the Listener Library. This week, we are listening to an episode of Nightfall, recommended to us by Ashley. Assassin's Game was broadcast November 5th, 1982. Written by John G. Fisher, Assassin's Game was a rare example of a science fiction episode from the much-loved Canadian series. Nightfall was primarily a supernatural horror anthology series. Bill Howell, known for his work on CBC Playhouse, and Johnny Chase, secret agent of space, pitched the idea for the show to Susan Douglas Rubes, the Canadian broadcasting company's head of radio drama. The result was one of CBC Radio's most successful and most controversial drama series. It ran from July 1980 through 1983. Assassin's Game features a performance by Saul Rubinek. If the name isn't immediately familiar to you, you might know him from his later work in film and television in such roles as writer W.W. Beauchamp from the film Unforgiven and Artie Nielsen from Warehouse 13, which I love. I love Warehouse 13. (laughs) Our thanks to Ashley for suggesting this episode of Nightfall, Assassin's Game. But just a warning, it does contain explicit language. We did say it was controversial. It's late at night, and a chill has set in. You're alone, and the only light you see is coming from an antique radio. Listen to the sounds coming from the speaker. Listen to the music, and listen to the voices. If it's neither winning nor losing, but playing that counts for you, listen. This is Nightfall. Good evening, dear friends. I'm Frederick Hend. Your referee in tonight's little challenge. Gamesmanship is an old and fascinating occupation, which has involved people's minds and skills for many a year. Tonight, we journey into the future, where some games are played with more zeal than you might be prepared to handle. Assassin Game by John G. Fisher is a story that looks hard at the small print in the rule book. So, Pick your player and cross your fingers. Excuse me, is this seat taken? No, no, go right ahead. Thanks. Hey, hey, you're Joel Eisen, aren't you? Cannot tell a lie. Yes, I am. <laughs> yeah, I've seen your picture in the university paper. You're a student at National. That where you're going now? That's right. First day of classes, you know. All right, your final year, huh? Computer science. Hey, you know an awful lot about me, sir. Oh, well, hey, you're famous, kid. I mean, you made it into the finals last year. That's when I seen your picture. All right. What about the game this year? Are you going to be in it? <laughs> I don't have much choice. You know, it's required by the university, sir. Oh, don't be so modest, Joel. It's only required if your marks are in the top 5%. Hey, you don't mind if I call you Joel, do you? Whatever you want. 
Well, Joel, uh, tell me, how many people did you blow away last oh, year to get on. into the finals, I mean? Nobody really gets killed, you know. <laughs> yeah, sure, but how many? Uh, okay, I made 17 hits last year. I managed to avoid the same number of attempts on me. <clears throat> Satisfied? That's the name of the game, hit or be hit, sir. Yeah, that's really something. Yeah. Oh, this is my staff coming up. Oh, uh, wait a minute. Good luck to you this year. Uh, just a second. Uh, what's your name? What do you do? Oh, me? Oh, nothing much. I'm a maintenance worker at the University Power Plant. National University Transport Center. National University Transport Center. All first-year students report to Quadrant D, Main Auditorium for Processing. Game participants proceed directly to the video annex for the presidential address. Participants are reminded to use pedestrian conveyor 12 only. National University Transport Center. National University Transport Center. Hey, Joel. Hey, Joel. Over here. Hey, Martin. How the hell are you? Hey, did you have a good summer? <laughs> yeah, not bad. <laughs> Welcome back to Video Land. I know, really. I've never seen so many TVs before. Except for last year. <laughs> same time, the same place. place. Another year. Another game. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so, uh, how's the uh, star assassin of National U? Forgetting I lost. Yeah, Marty. I remember you're the only third-year student to place in the finals. Come on. You made it to the semis, Marty. Yeah. Between you and me, I'm glad I took that job off from Venezuela. I hear the competition might get too rough this year. Rough? What are you talking about? No, nothing. It's just that uh, I won't have to play so hard this year. I got job security. Don't take it so seriously. It's just a game. Listen, I've got to find myself a console. Hey. Presidente's address is in a couple hey, of minutes. Hey, just your mind. Come on, sit down. Okay. Um, I heard some of the third-year students did some pretty rough training all summer. Oh, that, I know. It was illegal. Yeah, illegal as far as the university goes. Some companies call it summer employment, part of their recruiting <laughs> yeah. program. Capitalism yeah. will find a way. Yeah, I think I know exactly how that yeah, is. I think you do, too, Joel. I hear World Petroleum was looking for you at the end of last term. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they found me, so what? Yeah, have you signed with them then? I turned them down. I told you I had better things to do than attend one of their training camps. You think that was wise? I mean, I didn't think those guys took no for an answer. <laughs> I don't want anything to do with those guys, that's all. Yeah, screen's on. I wonder what the president's going to come up with this year. Yeah. Concentrate on your studies. A long tradition, tradition of scholastic, scholastic excellence. Welcome. Welcome to the 1994 academic session of the National University. And it has been 14 years since the university instituted the game as an integral part of the curriculum. Boy, the guy now that you are in your third or fourth year, I wish to commend you all on your excellent Thank progress. You. you game participants have proven yourselves to be the best and brightest in the country. That means me he's talking about. And now a word about the game. All right. Section 118 of the criminal code has been revoked for all bona fide game participants. What? Is he serious? Certain practices previously forbidden are now allowed. These include persistently following a participant from place to place, watching a house or place of business where a participant may be, and intimidation of a fellow participant. Although the game is a required part of the curriculum for you, the top 5%, let me remind you that it is a small part of your experience here. First round victim dossiers will be issued this afternoon by the game's computer. Right. Best of luck. 
to you all. What I tell you? What do you make of that, Joel? I don't like it one bit. On the one hand, he says the games are a small part of our experience here. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, they're revoking the criminal code. I told code. you it was going to get rougher for us this year. It's going to get rougher on us and everyone else, too. Yeah, well, I'm off to my department. Oh, wait a sec. I'll walk you. Joel, doesn't it, doesn't it ever bother you that at the same time as you get someone's dossier, someone else gets yours? <laughs> You're so paranoid. I'll take it so seriously. It's just a game. Does it bother you that much? I mean, it doesn't give out names, no, right? it doesn't. And if you're careful, you're perfectly safe. Perfectly. Joey, I got a table. Excuse me, miss. Yeah? Do you mind if I sit next to you here, right next to you? Sure, go ahead. <laughs> Thanks. So, how's the food? Food? I'm talking about the stuff on my plate. <laughs> Right, dumb question. Yeah. Is that why you sat down here to ask a dumb question? Yes, I thought I'd just make some dumb conversation right here. No, I really thought I could talk to you about you over yeah. dinner. You want my phone number? Absolutely right? wrong. No, I thought we could hop subway, go downtown to a small but very high-class restaurant and mm -hmm. wine and dine until the wee hours, and then we could consummate our relationship on a deserted stretch of beach. <laughs> Mm. If you really want to know what I was thinking, that's what yeah, I was thinking. The beach is in the Caribbean, I suppose. No, very close, mm. actually. I had a few truckloads of sand dumped on my living room carpet last month. I thought <laughs> we'd get to roll around in that. Okay, you're on. Really? Yeah. Great. Just one more thing. Oh, yeah, what? Dad. You creep! You cheated me! Take it easy. Here, let me take the dart out of your skirt. Get away from me! Come <laughs> on, it's just a game. Just a game like hell! I'm graduating this year. Jeez, if I'd placed high enough, I would have been hired by North American Investments. God, you've blown my whole career! It's not my fault. What was I supposed to do? The computer picture is my victim. I didn't. Give me all that charming bullshit. Oh, no, no, no. Listen, I meant all that. Oh. I just got interested in you as soon as I uh, read your dossier. You want to talk about all this charming bullshit over, over here? Over my or? dead oh. body. And you can pick up my beer. <laughs> you creep. Oh, nice going, Casanova. I caught your whole act. Who the hell are you? An innocent bystander. Mm-hmm. Pleased to meet you. Sure. You're Joel Lenson, aren't you? How do you know that? I make a point of knowing who the favorites are. Uh-huh. You have a competitive interest here, miss, or are you just a fan? I play. Oh, you do? Yes. Put your dart gun away. Relax. I'm not on my card. What'd you say your name was? I didn't. But seeing as you ask, it's Wendy. Wendy Hirsch. Mm-hmm. I was beginning to feel a bit slighted until I realized why you were so interested in that girl. Oh, really? She didn't seem to be very interested in me. Well, not too likely when you blow her away in the last ten minutes of the round. Mm -hmm. You cut it pretty close, don't you? Oh, well, you have to be sure before you make a hit. You hit the wrong person, you're disqualified. How did you know she was going to be here? Oh, habit. I mean, she always eats here. She always eats here at this particular time. It's really a stupid thing to do if you're a player. Regular habits, you know? Sure, of course. Because the problem with this game is to know your target, where he hangs out, who his friends are, how he works, and when he becomes predictable... You got him. Or her. Or her. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. You seem to know a lot about it. I do. Maybe you'd like to share some of your expertise with somebody. Well, I'm not really used to working with anybody. Why should I really be interested? Has it ever occurred to you that someday you might need a favor? Frankly, no. Uh, look, this isn't strictly business. I like you. Really? Really? Oh. Oh, excellent. Well, I don't usually give tutorials, you see. I don't usually take them. Oh, well, 
Look, I'm I'm sorry. I'm just so suspicious at the beginning of the games. I get really paranoid. I didn't mean to give you such a hard time, honestly. I'm a nice guy. Here's my number. Oh. <laughs> just ask for Casanova. <laughs> it was a nice meeting you, uh... What? Wendy, Wendy Hirsch. Oh, nice meeting you, Wendy, Wendy Hirsch. <laughs> So, uh, see you around. I hope yeah, so. No, but don't you <laughs> Hello, I'm not in right now, but if you'd care to leave a message, I'll get back to you. Wait for the tone, and thanks for calling. Joe, this is Wendy. Call me as soon as you get in. Hi, Wendy. You can talk to me right now. I'm just using the machine to monitor calls. Oh, oh. I'm not interested in letting people know I'm home. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm calling you to do you that favor, I promise. Uh-huh. I take it you're still active. Still in the game? Well, still lucky. How about you? Still lucky. Good. Congratulations. What's up? You know Glenn Stoner? Glenn Stoner? Telecommunications whiz? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, graduated last year? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, I heard he'd taken an extended vacation to some tropical paradise, courtesy of satellite communications. Well, he's back, and I had him rig up a phone tap on certain university lines. Ooh, we all have our little helpers, don't we? He's a friend, Mm -hmm. that's all. Nothing intimate. Probably listening to us right now. Anyway, uh-huh. Glenn's been setting up this gear for me, and he's discovered something very interesting. Someone else has been setting up wiretaps, too. Huh? Another student? No way. No student could have rigged this up, according to Stoner. He couldn't figure out exactly what the guy had done, but he thinks whatever it was has some kind of destructive capability. Destructive capability? <laughs> What's that supposed to mean? Joel, I'll put it to you this way, and this is the favor. Mm-hmm. Don't answer your phone, Okay. Don't even let your answering machine answer your phone. Well, thanks for calling. Uh, Martin Varney speaking. You are a student at National Uh, University. You study political science, correct? So... Is this? A yes or a no will do. Um, what if I am? We have reason to believe that you are considering working with the Venezuelan government. Uh, That's none of your business, mister. I'm afraid it is my business. We feel that your employment by that government would be contrary to our best interests. That doesn't mean a thing to me. What if it's contrary to your best interests? Then I'd say you were trying to threaten me, mister. Not interested. Don't be stupid, kid. This is very real. This isn't some classroom exercise. I'm still not interested. Oh. Well, that's too bad. Now, now listen, who is this? Hello? You still... Attention, students. Game participants are requested to report to the Central Games computer for victim dossiers. Participants are reminded to use pedestrian conveyor. Hey! Joel! Hey, watch it! Joel! Are you still playing, Wendy? Well, if I wasn't, I wouldn't be on this conveyor. Well, do you see that bank of bright lights up ahead? Yeah. That's why you're on this conveyor. When you pass through that light, they know who you are, what you are, whatever you've done during your illustrious academic career. Well, actually, we're on this conveyor, so they know whether or not you're playing the game for security. Oh, well, here we go. You never know. Did you hear the news? What news? player from political science got his head blown to pieces. Will you spare me the details, okay? Well, you remember what I was telling you about phone taps and about destructive capabilities? I think you're reading a lot into this, Wendy. 
I mean, I read in the papers his death was listed as accidental. Yeah, well, it could have been your head all over the wall instead of that guy. That guy's name was Martin. He was my best friend, so... Thanks, anyway, okay? Oh, Joe, I'm sorry. Really, I, I'm sorry. I didn't know. Yeah, I, I know, I know. I just like to forget about the whole thing, if you don't mind, okay? Okay. Here we are. Time to get off. Um, there's my line. Uh, uh, see you around. Okay, look, uh... Do you, you want to have a beer? When? Uh, tonight I'll meet you at the uh, inner circuit around 8.30. You, Alec, may be my best friend. Right. Okay, Alec, I'm going to voice feed you the data on my next victim. I want you to run the usual analysis. You ready? I already saved that. Uh, so you have. Okay, here we go. Female, age 24, brown eyes, brown hair, height 1.82 meters, weight 49K. The information is incomplete. Hmm? Oh, right, sorry. Uh, Department of Telecommunications, third year. Working. Oh, uh, Alec, I want you to tap into the Central Games computer and extract everything you can about her track record. Working. One more thing, Alec. Yes, Joel? See if you can find out if this person has any industrial or political sponsor. Sponsors are forbidden under Section 5 of game regulations. So are you, Alec. Be careful, I wouldn't like it if you were traced back to me. Working. And, and don't print any of the information. I'll ask for it when I get back. I have a date. With whom? I didn't program you to pry into my personal life. I'll see you later. Joe? Yes, Alec? Be careful. Don't worry about it. Working. Good evening, Wendy. Oh, if it isn't my knight in shining armor. I hope this isn't your idea of a nice place. Well, I never said anything about it being nice. Well, listen, you come here often... I mean, Funland? <laughs> well, it's out of the way, for one thing, and uh, I used to work here in the summer, you know. Hmm. This makes you a natural at the National University. Scholarships, most promising student. Uh, I'm not sure I get the connection. What was in your envelope? Huh? Oh, my next victim. I haven't thought about it. I'm on holidays tonight. You're not trying to tell me you didn't even look at the dossier. Of course I looked at it. It's nobody special. It's a piece of cake. How about you? I'm working on it. Let's just forget about it for tonight, okay? I need a rest and so do you. Oh! Hey, Wendy! Wendy! I'm fine, let's go! This way! Come on! You all right? Your hair stinks. You got burned. Are you? My arms got scorched. Ow. Leave me alone, okay? I'm sorry. What do you think, you or me? Who was supposed to get fried? You. It was you they wanted. But who? Some student with my dossier who decided to play for keeps? I saw him. It was someone from school. It was a goddamn laser pistol. A laser pistol. Joel, I'd like you to be stayed at my place tonight. I'll fix your arm. Yeah, okay. Joel? Mm-hmm. Are you awake? Yeah. What time is it? I don't know, uh, 5.40 something. It's just starting to get light out. Kiss. <laughs> what are you thinking about? I don't know, I just... I can't sleep. Mm. I keep thinking about Martin getting killed that way. And maybe you're right, maybe it wasn't an accident. 
Look, I'm going to head out to the school. The trains will be empty now. Good morning. You're Joe Lunson, aren't you? No. Oh, it's you. You're the guy who works at the power plant, right? What's with the suit? Pass it down? Sure. I'm employed by World Petroleum. Here are my credentials. So, you work for World Petroleum. So what? We heard you were attacked last night with a real weapon. A weapon very much like this one. I didn't really get a very close look. I assume that's a laser pistol? Correct. Here, take it. We'd like you to keep it, Joel. We're interested in you, and we like to protect our interests. Wait, 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 wait a minute. This would almost kill me. How do I know you're not just giving these out like candy? <laughs> you don't. Joel, look at your arm. The game is a little more serious this year. Wouldn't you say so? Yeah, I'd say so. And World Petroleum is not the only corporation taking an active interest in the outcome, is it? What do you mean? You were friends with Martin Varney, weren't you? We think satellite communications had something to do with his accident. So take the weapon. Or if you'd rather, just leave it there on the seat. Someone else might use it. It's up to you. I look forward to seeing you graduate, Joel. Well, if I graduate. Oh, we're counting on you. Goodbye. <laughs> National University Transport Center. National University Transport Center. Sorry, I'm late, Jim. That's okay. Sit down. What's in your mind? Listen, I've been thinking that you should quit the game. Forget. Or at least consider it. Look, it's not me who's getting shot at. You should quit. My point is that the game is being used by some very powerful people from outside the university. I think, I don't know, I think they're trying to protect their interests somehow. They're eliminating potential competition. I think they have access to the game's computer and they used it to set me up. I don't think that degree of manipulation is possible. You think Martin's name was picked out of a hat or something? But who would want Martin's head? And who would want yours? You know, when the university needs funding, where does it go? Industry. Right. Question two. Who administers that game? There's your president and the board of governors. The same people that go hat in hand to ask for money. So what do we do? So what do we do? We see the president. Okay, okay. If he doesn't know what's going on, then we'll tell him. And if he knows? Oh, if he knows, then we both quit. We tell everyone we know to do the same thing, and we go to the newspapers. If he let us. Right, right. But how do we find out if he's involved without letting him know we know? Well, I guess we have to check out his office. After hours. There must be something in there that'll tell us one way or the other. I finished classes at five. Not too early, too early. If we wait until 9.30, maybe there won't be anybody around, okay? Okay. Good. I'll see you later. Run marquee override. Working. Identity verification. This is Joel. Voice print smash. Hello, Joel. Alex, and I want you to scramble this and answer the following questions. Red. Question one Is there an external tap into the Central Games computer? I have an external tap into the Central Games computer. Thank you, Alec. Is there another external tap into the Central Games computer?
What's its capability? Control. Who's its parent? Information not traceable. Okay, Alec. Question two. What's the result of the analysis on my next victim? Probable identity. Wendy Hirsch. How probable? 92%. Subject to make 12 kills last year. Method in eight of 12 kills was to gain confidence of victim Stop. men. Hirsch, Wendy. Sponsor inquiry. Ranked as second draft choice by Satellite Communications International. Probability of affiliation, 86%. Terrific. Thanks, Alec. I'll be home late tonight. with a surprise. You're my next victim. You got me. I'm dead, okay? I'll register it tomorrow. I want to ask you something about satellite communications. I thought we were going to the president's office. This is not a dart gun. Joe, what's happened? What are you doing? What are you doing? You're ranked number two by satellite communications. They must think a lot of you. Did they put you up to it? Satellite has been paying my way for the past two years. Mm -hmm. I'm a scholarship student, but I don't work for Oh, I see. I don't suppose you had anything to do with my getting shot at. No, I did not. Let me ask you a question. Who gave you that laser pistol? Someone from World Petroleum. They thought I might need it. Oh, you're playing right in their hands. Who do you think arranged for me to be your next victim? You know who mine is? It's you, Joe. That's a nice coincidence, isn't it? Yeah, well, I don't believe in coincidence. Then why are you holding that pistol on me? You knew about the phones and you work for Satellite. I don't. You say you don't. Satellite killed Martin probably with a little help. Why are you laying that on me? I think you killed Martin. Use it. If you think I killed him, use it. Tell me. Tell me. I didn't. If you don't believe me, shoot. Wendy, wait. Wait. I believe you. Let's get into this office. So this is what this place actually looks like. A presidential desk. And a television camera. Well, I guess he makes his broadcasts from here. What are all these mirrors for? No idea. Just check that desk out over there. The light's so dim, I can hardly see. I found a switch here. What's that red light? I'm not sure. Wait a minute. It's getting brighter. Get back. Oh, my God, look. I think we're about to meet the president in person. Welcome. Welcome to the 1994 academic session of the National University. Projections getting Today stronger. Is the 66th anniversary. It's, a hologram. it's the president's living 3D, and it has been 14 years. I don't have to tell you who set this up. Satellite communications. Oh, World Petroleum. Both. Jesus will fix you. Oh God, look, Joe. Those 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 red lights. The cameras are operating. Not for long, they're not. Let's get out of here. Hurry! I'm coming, I'm coming. So, this is where you live. I'll introduce you to Alec. Alec? My computer, I built him. The secret of your success? Well, let's just say he's a big help. He can tap into the games computer. Watch this. I'll put Alec through his paces. I want to check on the new victim assignments. What for? I'd Alec do a sponsor inquiry on you. I'd never done that before. I want him to do it again, except this time, for all the remaining active players, I don't know, there should be about 400 of them. Mm. Wendy, we still haven't got to the bottom of this. There 
There might be a pattern in the selection of victims that'll show us who's running the game. Do it. Alec, I want you to cut into the game's computer and examine the ninth round victim assignments. And then a sponsor inquiry on the remaining players. Working. Pretty impressive. Yeah, but this should take him a while. He's still impressive. Listen, Wendy, I'm worried. Those two cameras in the hall? I didn't knock them out. They know who we are, right? I don't know. If they don't know already, they will tomorrow. What should we do? You tell me. Right now, we'll just have to wait for Alec. Joe, look, Alec is blinking. The paragraph has recently been altered at source. What does that mean? Alec has come up with an anomaly. He's never seen this before. Alec, report. The ninth round victim dispersant is repetitive. Well? The number discrepancy. Assassin assignment for ninth round, 387 players. A victim assignment for ninth round consists of two names only. Names? Since when is it giving out names? It never gives out names. Report, Alec. Give me all the assigned victims for the next round. Joel Anson, Wendy Hirsch. Joel Anson, Wendy Hirsch. Joel Anson, Wendy Hirsch. Oh, no. Joel Anson, Just the Wendy Hirsch. Just the two and they all have our names. Joel Anson, Wendy Hirsch. Joel Anson, Wendy Hirsch. Joel. There are times when reaching the top can be very lonely indeed. Here's Mr. Hunt. The Assassin Game by John G. Fisher starred Saul Rubinick as Joel and Nikki Guadani as Wendy. Also featured were David Ferry as Martin, Rafe McPherson as Alex, Peter Jobin as the computer and the man, Chris Wiggins as the president, and Barbara Kyle as Miss and the PA announcer. Technical engineering was by Brian Pape, with sound effects by Kathy Perry. Production assistant, Peggy Este. Assassin Game was produced and directed in Toronto by Stephen Katz. Now your host... I'm Frederick Hand for Nightfall. was Assassin's Game from Nightfall here on the Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society podcast. Once again, I'm Eric. I'm Tim. And I'm Joshua. Before we jump into our analysis and critiques of this episode, I want to um, go back to our opening and mention a couple of things. Johnny Chase, Secret Agent of Space, is the greatest name for a show ever. (laughs) I need to find episodes of that. It sounds phenomenally fun. But even better name is this. Head of Radio Drama. Someone actually had the job and the title of Head of Radio Drama, my dream job. And I, <laughs> how awesome would that you be? You have to uh, leave this country. <laughs> when I was reading up, uh, it said that she was not particularly a fan of horror, <laughs> but saw this pitch and went, that's going to make us some money. That's- yep. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. this is uh, a listener request from Ashley, and Tim pulled this out of the bag of uh, listener requests. Tim, uh, why did you grab this, and uh, what is your uh, initial thoughts on it? I am, in general, a little bit of a champion of Nightfall, mm-hmm. uh, I think, amongst us. Um, 
which I don't necessarily want to hang all of Nightfall's sins around my neck. But <laughs> then again, I do really like it. Uh, and I wound up really liking this episode in particular, even after I chose it, just sort of like, oh, I'll take the Nightfall one. Uh, I'm really glad I did. I had my initial reaction when I first listened to it, and then it sort of sat with me for a while, and I liked it better and better the longer it sat with me. I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole with the whole Assassin game and LARPing, which I didn't realize was really popular on college campuses in the 80s when this was written. I pointedly left that out of the intro. <laughs> I should have just said, and we're not going to talk about the assassination game. We're not going to okay. talk about LARPing. But I didn't say that, so here we go. Here we go. I think it makes a lot of it clearer. <laughs> Once right. I refreshed myself on some of those 80s movies that I never saw mm. but vaguely remember, like Gotcha and... Cloak and Dagger. Yeah. <laughs> and also a huge literary tradition of these things all the way back to The Most Dangerous Game. Right. And this is a lot of things in common with a Robert Sheckley story called The Seventh Victim, which was adapted for X-1, which was also adapted into this very strange Italian comedy called The Tenth Victim, which there's some evidence on the internet for that movie actually influencing the Assassin's Game in the 80s on college campuses. So this is a weird circle of nerddom. Wow. That was actually not only fun to listen to, extremely fun to watch. You are in your element, man. Actually. I, I, I didn't hear any of it. I was just enjoying how much you knew. I'm slightly older than the two of you, I believe. I don't I don't. I'm happy to let you be. Yes. But in the 80s, uh, in our high school for a couple of years, the assassin game with dart guns, you know, the suction cup guns, mm -hmm. yep. was a huge, huge thing and uh, was not frowned upon by the administration at all. And we would go into a room and we'd pull someone's name. And then if you got them, you got the name that they had until you had an eventual winner. In fact, they, I remember them announcing who would, had been eliminated on the morning announcements. They, that's how much they supported it. And we would do things like hide in the bushes outside people's houses and uh, jump up and hit them with the dart gun thingy. And um, I think about that now and how frowned upon for so many reasons <laughs> the assassination game would be. I hearing about variations of this game that would include things like putting M&Ms in their drink to represent poisoning them or other different ways of I make right. air quotes killing them that it's just weird especially in a modern context. Right. But then there's plenty of games we play now that are like that's kind of dark. And it wasn't dark back then but you know I think about how far we've come in the sense of there was a show that we had performed for many 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 years and one night we realized that this very successful show had a moment the show was based on an office party that someone came running in to the office party with the gun in the air and shot it twice in the air and said i'm gonna kill everybody in here and all this and it was a comedy hilarious well, right right <laughs> and it was fine for 20 years and it does very well still but one night we all looked at each other wait a minute <laughs> this isn't that funny to run into a workplace with a gun or a workplace event. So we changed it. And what's interesting is we changed it to a boomerang. <laughs> and because of that necessity, it actually ended up 
and I won't go into details, but being a million times funnier. The boomerang gags were endless, <laughs> endlessly funny and really fun to do. And less, oh, I went out and shot the guy from the mailroom. You know, the guy from the mailroom would walk in with a boomerang in his <laughs> chest and go, ow. So anyway, the point being is that it's funny how just from the 80s to now we think, oh, the assassination game, that sounds ridiculous that that would be allowed to do but then again you know in my high school we had a designated smoking area where, <laughs> where the kids who smoked were supposed to go stand <laughs> that's how that problem was solved <laughs> um so, so you I've, guys didn't play the assassination game you've never done it i never have although it was uh, nope. i've heard a lot about it it was very much in my environment but i just i never did actually played mm-hmm. yeah i was too nerdy. I am a old old man trapped in a middle aged man's body. So like right. what this reminded me of was so you not like the a 80s. stick in a hoop. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> Who doesn't? This just reminded me of other old radio shows in the same vein, and it, it took me a while to make the connection to the contemporary, at least contemporary mm-hmm. at the time of this broadcast, uh, right. and games going on. When I was first listening to it, part of what I was wrestling with chewing on was just buying into the concept of at this prestigious university, the top 5% are all obliged to play this game. Yeah. And I went through several layers of thinking about that, and one layer is like, so why would you do that? Why do they play lacrosse at colleges? Why do they do a lot of things? <laughs> right, right. I got hung up on that, too. Why is the college making you do this? Until I remembered that my high school endorsed the assassination game. So I, I think it was for the time... Uh, yes, we all do this, and it's fun, and probably more of a bonding idea, just fun. I think it's built right into the story. It's partially, I think, satirizing it's... big money sports in colleges, but also the idea that what if this popular game got elevated to the status of football right. here in America? I don't know right, what they right. do in I think Canada. It's, it's also in the story meant to be dealing with Corporate sponsorship of schools, and that it's mm-hmm. a recruiting tool. Yeah, if you're cutthroat enough to assassinate all these people, you are cutthroat for the business world. Right. Sort yeah. Of <clears throat> yeah. The thematic going through it. But I also, at, at a certain point, took it in the sense of Nightfall is often trying to create just the literal sense of having a nightmare. And one thing that happens in a nightmare is that there are things in the environment you just accept and you don't question. Mm-hmm. Until you actually wake up and you look back on it like, why was that just okay with everyone? That, yeah, we spend our fall semester trying to kill each other fake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. I'll reveal for you, Tim, what you've been waiting to hear. <laughs> uh, you said it very eloquently earlier that, you know, you're the champion of Nightfall and we've had our issues with Nightfall and have actually said many times about some Nightfall, ooh, so close, Nightfall, <laughs> but you did a bunch of weird stuff and, <laughs> and you got in your own way. This was gorgeous. Mm. I thought it was really well acted. I thought it was really well written. I thought it was suspenseful and it moved well. I, I wrote down in a weird way, it felt born ultimatum E, you know, like there was a mystery involved and these two were trying to figure things. I, I'm getting off track. It, it moved really well and really fast paced and didn't have any moment other than what I said, 
well, why are the college doing that? Why? Yeah. Who cares? Because I thought it was really cool. I thought it was really interesting. And I really liked the dialogue, especially them listening to the dean and well, how the they were The president ta- when he was giving his speech and they were mimicking like, his voice. And, and then just yeah. talking in the background and, all right, here we go. And I just thought it was really real. It was very contemporary in that style. I um, felt they occasionally overdid the stammery talking over each other. And yeah. some of their performances were so understated. The lines were like this. Yeah, like they leaned into that so hard that it didn't, it didn't ring true. That of Nightfall before, and yes, it, it suffers that again. I think uh, there's a great, really realistic moment when Joel assassinates in quotation marks the young lady at the beginning. Oh yeah, when he yeah. Gets on her, and then she is just so angry, and we find out as listeners that this has literally affected the rest of her life. Yeah, being yeah. dropped in the rankings of this assassination game mm-hmm. means she won't get the job she was shooting for, and it has real world consequences. Mm-hmm. Another thing about it, and it happens in that scene and a couple other scenes, is I'm not sure as a listener, are we supposed to like Joel? Because I think Joel's kind of a mm-hmm. jerk. Especially yeah. in that scene. He's callous throughout. Mm. And I don't know if it's a script problem. I don't know if it's intentional. I can't tell if it's the acting. Because when he tells Wendy like about Martin, that was my best friend. And he doesn't <laughs> seem that distraught, right? Wait, it happened, what, the night before? Yeah, his head accidentally blew up is what <laughs> the news sources are saying. And, you know, me, I just struggle with Nightfall. I'm drawn to it, and then it always repulses me in some way. It is by far the best Nightfall I've heard. Uh, I really enjoyed it from beginning to end. I didn't have nearly as many issues as I've had in the past. There was no goofy music. That is true. However, you had to contend with the Star Trek door, door, which I found really (laughs) distracting. Um, And and a couple of the other sound effects just seem like out of a 1950s catalog. Yeah. Well, there's Pac-Man games. That was at least uh, least. from the time, the arcade in the background. But the technology all seemed super retro and sound effects, and it might have been intentional. But then it made the swearing in it seem really juvenile. And again, I don't know if it's my love of Golden Age Radio, so I'm just kind of reacting to that. Mm -hmm. But when I hear Star Trek doors and old school laser blasts Mm -hmm. and then people are swearing, it just seems a little like kids playing dress up. Like, we're going to make this really cool and adult. (laughs) I know what you're saying. And again, I recognize that might just be... That old, old man trapped in his middle-aged right. body going, you kids, get off my lawn and stop swearing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there was no gratuitous Canada reference, which was different from right, other Nightfall right, episodes right. we listened to. I do have one thing that really did bother me throughout. Every time they said National University, that theme from yes. National American University yes. played in my head. <laughs> I don't know if that's just local to us or if the entire country I don't know. knows what that theme is. I'll put a link to it. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't. I know. I, I do it maliciously. Yeah. Then everyone can enjoy this episode less. <laughs> I yes, I you. happen to know the woman who wrote and sang that jingle. Wow. Oh, yeah, she did very well. <laughs> she has a lot to answer for. <laughs> I would like to back up a second, though, and say that Despite saying all these negative things at the top, I kind of needed to get them out of the way. Mm -hmm. There is a lot that I like about this. And I think you already mentioned it, just the density of ideas Mm -hmm. that in every scene they introduce some new Mm -hmm. concept. You are just constantly being taken along deeper and deeper into this world that they're creating. And it feels very real in that way. It doesn't stop moving forward. And things are being introduced to them fast and they're solving things and that's why it felt like a born identity thing you Mm -hmm. know like 
what's going on? Who am I? Oh, <laughs> I'm this guy. Uh, who are you? Okay, look out, guy in the window. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> it is also, I think, prescient of a lot of things that were sort of maybe a stretch conceptually back in 82 are pretty uh, blasé now. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, sure, corporations sponsor schools and... Right. Schools just exist to generate workers for corporations. Right. Kids would wear a college uh, football uniform that said Pepsi. We would not bat an eye at it right now. I can't believe we don't have that. And if you look at the WNBA is probably the most significant example of you're just wearing ads. And, of course, uh, car racing. Yeah, NASCAR. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you're right, though. I mean, back then, I remember being at that age in high school in the 80s and people talking about it as if it was a great sin, that kind of corporate involvement in a high school or in sports at all, and uh, pretty much taken for granted. And I think the reason is, is over the years that people went, well, you know, if they want to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let them. Yeah, go ahead. That's the way I see it. I really like the end in that it, it leaves it open for more, but it just has that sense of ellipses. It's not an ambiguous ending. It is a little bit as in you don't know what's going to happen to them, but you're pretty sure with 300 other students out <laughs> to kill them, they're pretty much done for. And sometimes I feel like Nightfall is not sure when and where to end an episode. And I felt like this right. was the type of ending that a lot of other Nightfall episodes I've heard have been striving for. And they kind of got it right here. <laughs> yes. And just yeah. that monotonous computer voice saying their names yeah. over and over again. What was, was the nice motivation time. to get them killed, though? Who was motivated to kill them and why? I took it as a sort of villainous organization, corporation, shadow conspiracy. The petroleum company or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. But it was after they discovered the president really is just a hologram. Right. They found out too much and it was the well, corporation's the, way of getting rid idea of them. Of you don't matter to the, this huge conspiracy until you do, and then once you do, it's horrible. Once they became significant enough by way of learning this fact... They had to be eliminated. Yeah. Otherwise, the truth would get out. They could say something that would be disparaging, possibly, you know, to some degree that would affect the bottom line. Of course, they couldn't actually affect change. <laughs> are, are we to assume that they are being tagged to be killed for real? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It w- it or was... just to be eliminated so they can't have their great career. <laughs> no, I think clearly based on the attacks earlier. And there had been an evolution of, we're loosening up the rules for this game. It's yeah, going to yeah, be... right. You're right. You can be a little more vicious and a little more vicious than that. And... You can kill a guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay by us. I do want to say this is the first Nightfall I have heard that's from this third series, the later half of the show, that has a totally different announcer yes. and intro. I, I have to say I prefer the earlier one. It's... Looked up his name, and they did not include it in the information. Oh, his name is... Hyman Brown. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bill Ryder, R-E-I-T-E-R. And the character has a name of Frederick Hand. I don't know why that's significant, but I prefer the other actor who was um, Henry Raymer. He had a slightly more over-the-top, maniacal, more old-school, kind of raspy, menacing voice. This guy was more like a dull Canadian Rod Serling. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, here we are. What you're talking about is more of a Hyman Brown kind of host. Yeah. And what it became, and you got to remember, this is at the tail end of the success of... uh, 
CBS Radio Mystery Theater, so it, it does have a little bit more of an E.G. Marshall feel to it. It's true. So They and, also ditched the scream that I like in the intro from <laughs> earlier. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's exactly oh, just it. Just jammed in my head. <laughs> and the funky music. It was incredibly <laughs> understated. Uh, <laughs> and yet we'll take the time to make fun of it anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll go first. Uh, I will say that it is by far the best Nightfall I've heard. And in fact, my notes are minimal. And that's always a sign that I'm just listening to a show and enjoying it. I liked it a lot. Uh, I enjoyed it very much as well, particularly because, as I was saying, when I was listening to it just in the moment, the fast pace and sort of unfolding mystery left me, and just the strangeness of it left me going, what is going on? And the the more I chewed on it, the more I got out of it, which was really nice. Yeah, I definitely think it stands the test of time, and it's mm-hmm. uh, definitely an interesting nightfall. It's hard to beat Porchlight for me as the definitive nightfall. But yeah, uh, you're right. <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> now, <laughs> now that you say that, like, yeah, I like Porchlight better. Oh, Eric folded fast. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I forgot about Porchlight. <laughs> However, like I said, this has such a great concept and has so many ideas in it and really sticks the ending, uh, which, as I said, I think Nightfall sometimes struggles with, that um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Despite the swearing, kids, you don't need the swearing. (laughs) Watch (laughs) Warehouse 13. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) You're going to tell me what that is later. All right, (laughs) Tim, tell them stuff. Please go visit ghoulishdelights.com. You'll find other episodes of this podcast there. It's also a great way to get a hold of us, either through our contact page, or you can find a link to our Facebook or Instagram. Uh, Just let us know what you think, and let us know if you have other requests. We'll put it in the listener library and get there eventually. Yes, and you can also go to Patreon and support this podcast. Become a member of the Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society. Uh, Some of the Fun rewards include a bonus podcast, uh, The Secrets of the Mysterious Old Radio. And uh, as long as we're talking about Nightfall, one of the bonus episodes is an unreleased Nightfall uh, discussion with us where we may or may not have had too much to drink. (laughs) That could be worth the five bucks a month to hear that one alone. (laughs) Also, you can go to iTunes and write a review because we really appreciate that. We've received so many great reviews from you guys. So everyone who has written a review, Thank you so much. All right, coming up next. Next is an episode of Escape, recommended to us by Christian, and it is called Bloodbath. Until then, look out! Good morning. You're Joe Lunson, aren't you? No. Captain Kirk, Enterprise, my first officer, Mr. Spark.